They're loading into the barriers. Moods, Mytho, Rog and the Rain Man. And they're underway for Moody on the mic. The final Moody on the mic before the spring is upon us. I'm Roger Aldridge. Joining me, of course, Peter Moody, the resident Rain Man, Tom Hackett and Anthony Mithen. It's been a big week for sport. Uh, of course, Australia with a mighty win at Edgebaston, one of the great Ashes Test victories. And last night, geez, we've got some happy Queenslanders among us. Me and Mitha are absolute bandwagon jumpers, um, but moves well, the, the, well, Rog, uh, let, let me just explain the you know the reason for the Queensland jumper is because um, I think Victorians who are in racing we just barrack against New South Wales, don't we? So um, this is correct. Effect, effectively, I'm a honorary Queenslander. Mm. Go the what are they? The cockroaches? No, no they're the maroons. Uh, oh. The cane toads, dickhead. Cane toads. <laughs> it's not just Victorians and racing you barrack against New South Wales. It's just generally Victorians. Uh, Moods, uh, you stayed up for the whole game to watch your uh, beloved Queensland get the victory, and your neighbour Billy Slater just make it two for two as Origin coach. That says a lot about how well they played last night. That you would see it through to the end. Yeah, no, I uh, fought it off. I uh, held off, uh, had a couple of matchsticks under my eyelids to keep my eyes open, but I wasn't going to miss it. Uh, It was was a terrific night for Queensland. As they say, there's only two states to be in, Queensland and Pist. So, uh, uh, great night for Queensland. Great week for the Australian uh, cricket team over at Edgebaston. I I, I can obviously leave them uh, bat and balls at home. They won't need me for the second test. I was thought I might have got a call up if they got beaten, but uh, particularly after Rain Man put my uh, you know last decade stats out there, I was expecting a call from uh, one of the selectors, but uh, they won't need me now. No, not at all. In fact, Alex Carey had a great game because uh, there was talk of a Moody replacing Carey behind the stumps, but he was terrific with both bat and gloves. Jeez, uh, it's all set up. You at Lords next week. What a test match that's going to be. This series does look like it's going to live up to expectations. We are a racing podcast, though, but like you mentioned, two states to be in Queensland and pissed. And Rain Man, given you were at the game last night and you just mentioned you saw Alfie Langer at Caxton Hotel in fine form, I'd imagine you were in both Queensland and pissed last night. No, Rog, I was sober. I'm off the drink at the moment. So I was just uh, reveling in a, uh, a, a Queensland uh, victory. But it was uh, an outstanding occasion there at Suncorp Stadium last night. I, I will admit, I did get a little bit caught up in the moment. The seats we had were, were right near the, the New South Wales Tunnel. And when uh, Josh Adokar and uh, Jerome Luai got sent off at the tail end of the game, I was there giving it to them like uh, like uh, with the other punters. So I, I did get a like little a bit carried nothing. away. Like a yeah, real like nothing. an actual... Like full blown nuffy areas, it really was. Oh. So I've got the there is video. I'll put the uh, I might put the videos on socials to watch me go full nuffy. I've actually got a, a sore shoulder this morning because I was pointing so aggressively, um, and I think I may have told Josh Adokar to run at me. Which, uh, considering I weigh sixty kilos and I've got uh, broken <laughs> collarbone problems, uh, probably wasn't the best move. But I, I did get a little bit caught up. But it's been a, a couple of big days. I'm just going to say, you say with the Rain Man full nuffy, for those listeners who have never been in Queensland on the day of a State of Origin game, it's not just Rain Man. It's every Queenslander. I'm a big anti-adults wearing jerseys guy, but every even lawyers, garbos, Rain Man, everyone wears their Queensland jersey the day of an Origin game if they win the day after as well. So it's a state full of nuffies and uh, look, rightly so. It was terrific last night. Uh, apologies to all those listeners in New South Wales, but our stats show that they're mainly Queensland and Victorian listeners, so uh, they'll be enjoying this chat. Let's get to the horses, though, because uh, 
Muji had a, another good winner, which he tipped here. He gave Sire a really good push uh, on last week's podcast and um, came out and won again. W- what do we make of, of sort of winter form? Because, uh, you know, sometimes horses can string a, a few together, but when it comes to the crunch, they're, they're pretty just middling horses. Where does Sire sit um, from your perspective? I think the last uh, probably, you know, best part of a decade, but certainly five or six years, you see the winter form from everywhere sort of intertwined, particularly probably more so Victoria. It can carry into spring or even autumn. Because the way our tracks are now, uh, particularly Caulfield and Flemington, the days of horses running around on heavy 10s slash 20s in the middle of winter are over. Um, You only see them on the provincials and very seldom on the provincials now because the jockeys call them off uh, and rightly or wrongly uh, or they transfer them to synthetic tracks. So you see a lot of this form marry up and and cross over, particularly into the early spring or certainly into the autumn of the next year. So we've seen a lot of horses, uh, you know, I reckon the last decade be able to make that jump. Now, is Cy going to be one of those? I'm realistic. We've always felt she was a low-grade stakes type of horse. And uh, there's some low-grade stakes races coming up for her, and that's what she'll target. But uh, I, I remember early in the season we spoke on this show, we were going to keep a bit of a tally of our tipping uh, situation. I just wondered if anyone had done that or gone back. Yeah, um, I, I'm not uh, too proud to say I would probably be significantly in front there uh, uh, amongst my peers, uh, being you three. Rain Man's shaking his head. I think he's got a very ordinary pencil. I've been keeping the stats so far this year, so we've got... Three of the four members of the team are in the profit for this season for uh, uh, their best bets. Uh, so leading the charge, uh, there's two clear standouts. Tom Hackett and Peter Moody just carrying the team on their back. Uh, we're trading <laughs> blows at the top. I'm just in front at the moment, Moods, but it, it oh. is very close. Uh, Rog is having a, a good year as well. Uh, he's uh, in, a, in a nice profit for his best bets for the year uh, in third. Uh, unfortunately, we've got a bit of an anchor. Uh, and the anchor <laughs> wears Rosemont Red. Because the overall stats are getting dragged down quite dramatically by Mytho, who insists on tipping Salatine and way to go pole so, baller every weekend without a without a winner. So what you're saying, Raymond, is it's Rosemont in the red. Yeah, in the, in the bad red with the best bet. And it's not like the Rosemont horses aren't winning. Mytho just tips the other one every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, but I, I think... Um, probably unfairly rain man and where I've sort of pulled your pants down and gone well past you is outside of the best bets and where, where we tip on the whole and like Cotel last Saturday like self-praise we know is worth five-eighths of fuck all but I'm going to give myself a bit of praise I keep finding you one at 15s or 20s each way like I did last week with Cotel and uh, I, I keep the punters going where you find one at a dollar seventy-five and and put it out there as a as your best bet of the weekend uh, well played but you know you've done a big job there for yeah. Queensland did Kotel win that race? No, she ran H-way. second. He did say H-way because I was going to pull him up on that too. But it was unfortunate mm. that I had it as a win. Yeah, I had I had Kotel as the final leg of a multi as well, Rog. So uh, thanks for that, Moods. It was great. What, $15 each way? You didn't have it? It, it, it was better price the place than Cy was the win. Well, we're, we're looking for winners, Moods. Yeah, well, that was a winner. Well, it wasn't. It was the second. Uh, but the, I'll tell you what was a winner, and, and this is what I was going to, what we're getting at with winter form, and it was the actual other leg in the Cotel Multi, was the party. Now, three from three, and put a few lengths on 
its rivals really quickly. It did come back toward the line, but it was I think it was fairly well eased down. But what did you make of Stepati, um mood? Did you have a look at that race or, or Rain Man? Because um, he does look like one that could potentially you know go on as a three year old, only uh, a late season two year old in winning form now. So you're gonna have to make some decisions pretty quick. Yeah, listen, undoubtedly so. I tell you what he is, he's an imposing individual. He's a big, strong cult, and he looked very well there at Flemington on Saturday. And I think Paul Prusker and his team of owners are going to put him away now for the spring and gear him towards uh, some of the better three-year-old races. And listen, why wouldn't you? Um, we, we've seen this happen time and time again. Um, you know, is the is the JJ Atkins from Brisbane going to stand up or is it a race like Stepartis? And I thought Mick Price's horse that ran second in that race. Its name escapes me. Didn't have a lot of luck. I thought Something it was quite Harry. good as well. Yeah. The good news about Stepati too is it looks as if he'll stay in Australia. There's been, um, I'm, I'm led to believe the offers have got pretty close to $2 million on Stepati to go to Hong Kong. So, um, but they're, they're a bunch of, uh, you know, just just good Aussie racing fans um, that, that love their horse and have bought one cheaply and, and want to go on the ride. So uh, I think Rick, Rick McIntosh, the race caller, uh, made Warnable famous, might be uh, a shareholder in the group. So um, well done to Rick and all his mates. And uh, hold firm, boys. We want to see the horse in the spring carnival down here. I think Rick um, Rick actually got a lot of them together and, and, and bought the shares. So they have, they have smaller shares. So if they were to sell, it probably wouldn't be life-changing money. I heard an interesting... Uh, uh, story on RSN the other day that one of the owners, one of the small time owners, is the bloke who makes the trophies for Caulfield. So if this horse heads to the Guineas, he might end up making his own trophy. <laughs> <laughs> How bloody good is the party? I can hear it I now. The other option, the other thing they did bring up on that chat with RSN would be that if it does go to the Guineas, they should have the Matt Hill call and then a Rick McIntosh call, like they had the old press red for red. Uh, and you can, if you really want to, you can listen to Rick Mac potentially call his own horse home in a Group One. That would be something because I mean he just about blows an O-ring at a, um, a benchmark seventy-eight jumps race at the Bull. So I imagine he won a Group One with his own horse. Yep, and the other big thing to come out of Australian sport this week, I'm not sure, Mitha and Rain Man, if you've been across it, is the return of one of our great sporting commentators to uh, the commercial TV channels this week uh, on on the sports section. The return of the great Roger Aldridge on Channel 10 News, those dulcet tones signing off after delivering the sports news, the Ashes updates. Listen, it's made me get home 15 minutes earlier each day. I've got to be honest... (laughs) I'm usually a Channel 9 news man because it's the time frame that suits me at 6pm. But I'm home at 5.45 every evening this week in the hope of catching a glimpse of one of Australia's great sporting reporters. And I've had the pleasure on a few occasions this week. So congratulations, Rog. It's great to see you restored where you belong. And uh, listen, it brought a tear to my eye when I saw. And this is Roger Aldridge, Channel 10 News. So the charges have been dropped, have they, Rods? Yeah. Are we, are we going to get the band back together in the spring then, Moods? Are we going to get back and do our old tipping segment from about 15 years ago that we do on a Friday night? But, um, look, it, it did work out very well for me that I had a little gap where my, the TV show that I make for racing.com just goes on a little hiatus while the good horses are away. And that coincided with the Ashes being on and Channel 10 needing an Ashes reporter, which obviously was my... Um, 
my wheelhouse. So it's worked out quite well. I'm also a Channel 9 News guy because my wife's a senior producer there, so we have to watch 9 News in this house. But um, it is good to be back on uh, on Channel 10 watching the cricket. <laughs> hey, hey uh, Rayman, can you clip this up and send it to Channel 10? It'll be instantly dismissed and you're a chance yeah. to do updates as of tomorrow night. Channel 10 couldn't afford me, Mitho. No chance. <laughs> uh, what about the... Um, we're talking about, you know, let's face it, B-grade winter horses. Royal Ascot's on as well, Rog, or have you just been you know, glued to 9 nine gem watching the cricket? Well, there is that, um, but also the, the, there was only a slight crossover with day one of Royal Ascot, but it has been uh, not a great day for the Aussies with um, with uh, and Gatter and Cannibal not really um, going overly well. Like, it, it, interesting, because it's probably the wrong time of the year, and you've got to get a pretty special horse to win at Royal Ascot moods, but do we give, um, we're recording this Thursday morning, do we give the astrologist much of a chance or are we chips in on um, on Artorias uh, on Saturday because he does look like a really live chance? Well, you, as you've seen, listen, it's no small task and, and hats off to those crew for having a crack with Cannonball and uh, and Cool and Gatter. Cool and Gatter, you've got to say, she probably raced a bit like she trolled before she went over. I know she had excuses that jump out morning on the firm ground, but she never travelled up under the rider that morning, and that's probably the way she raced. Cannonball's probably never been thought of as a horse in that grade here in Australia whatsoever. So that was just a bit of a throw at the stumps because he's a well-bred entire, and and, and I can respect that. Um, Artorius, he's been there and done it uh, and run well. So he knows the, the routine inside out, and you've got to sort of believe that, you know, Anthony and Sam Friedman, they're pretty good grand final trainers. There's not too many better around. And I reckon they would have this horse cherry right for his last trip to the races. And the astrologist, well, he's been a bit of a journeyman the last three months, hasn't he? And and he's the one that would have settled in and done everything right. Uh, how's he going to be at the end of a strong 1,200 up that Royal Ascot straight, which makes it nearly a mile race? Probably a little question mark there. But uh, listen, he's been competitive in the Group 2s and, and the Group 1 at... Uh, uh, Dubai on the way over. So listen, we'll uh, we'll all be cheering and waiting with bated breath, and let's hope uh, we can get something and salvage something out of the week with the Aussie horses. Little insider birdie of mine uh, was at day one and uh, bumped into J Mac um, during the day, and he uh, he offered voluntarily that uh, Artorius was perhaps his best of the week and was absolutely humming up the. Uh, up the um, downs of Newmarket um, in lead up to this race. So um, extremely happy with the, the way the horse is, ha- happy and healthy horse. And, um, yeah, you've got to take that on board if you're, if you're up late Saturday night uh, looking for a winner. Um, perhaps Artorius is the one. We've got a video about Artorius on the Labroke social media channels at the moment. A little bit of interesting insight into uh, how you actually get a horse from Melbourne to the other side of the world, speaking to Sam Friedman. And uh, for all your raw Ascot... On a plane, Rayman. Yeah, it's, it's, that is handy. Well, I thought they used to send them on the boats, but yeah, it's good to know they are going on planes these days. Uh, but for all your raw Ascot content, head to uh, Labroke social media channels or the hub on the Labroke's app. We've got Adam Hamilton over there capturing all the action live, and you can watch all the races live on the Labrokes app. So Labrokes is your home for all Ascot with three days left. I'll tell you how you don't want to send them over there, in a deep sea underwater vessel. (laughs) (laughs) You are the consummate newsman these days. Ooh, race seven's about to jump. What do we reckon, lads? Hmm, a guy in the community says he's keen on the roughie. Do we trust him? Well... 
His username is, I'm a real big stats guy. Say no more. Connect, banter and follow tips with a community of like-minded punters only in Ladbrokes communities. Ladbroke it. T's and C's apply and available on website. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. We're going to look at the two feature races up in Queensland this week as uh, the big races really come to an end until the new racing season and the final group one of the season anywhere in Australia is the Tats Tiara. Rayman, a reasonably open Tats Tiara too. Yeah, it's always a pretty open race, the Tats Tiara, Rog, and very exciting final group one of the season and the Moody on the Mark team has one of our favourites in the field. The favourite, though, is Opal Ridge, uh, coming off a, a second-place finish in the Dane Ripper on Stradbroke Day. It's $3.80. Ruthless Dame, who's been ultra-consistent this preparation, $5. And then we've got Chain of Lightning, the market mover with Ladbroke. She's been $11 into $9.50, getting double-figure odds the rest. Uh, I think Opal Ridge is a probably a deserving favourite, but $3.80, definitely, uh, I can't get it quite that short. And... I think if she'd drawn a little bit better, I'd be I'd be very keen on Ruthless Dame. I, I still am keen on Ruthless Dame. Just will need a little bit of luck in running from Barrier 19. But you look at her form, she won the Group 1, Robert Sanks, the stakes in Adelaide, and then was a, a really good fifth behind, think about it, in the Stradbroke Handicap last start. And I think the Stradbroke Handicap is going to be the right form race. Uh, I just it's, think this year it was a, a much stronger race than the, the Dane Ripper. So I want to have something on Ruthless Dame at the $5, and I want to have something on Chain of Lightning as well at $9.50. Really interesting to hear what Moods has to say, but I thought her run in the, the Stradbroke Handicap was terrific. She was very game uh, when she finished a, a more than credible six behind. Uh, think about it there. Before that, in the Robert Sanks, she didn't have a huge amount of luck and was only beaten a length. So I think she's going a lot better then the, the fact she hasn't finished in a place since this preparation, but I think she's going a lot better than her record suggests. So something at $9.50, is uh, I'll be having something on Chain of Lightning. 100% agree, Ray, man. And I, I was obviously watching Chain of Lightning more more in that Stradbroke than other horses, but I thought she she looked very good and was just a little bit un, unlucky. And, yeah, I'm also interested to hear what Mood says because I actually got a I actually got thirteen dollars about her yesterday, um, so I'll, um, I've got a ticket there on Chain of Lightning, and hopefully Moods backs that up. I'm also a Lady of Honor, one of my favourites. I, I couldn't tip her last week because of the wide gate. Well, I'll tell you what, she was she was terrific. Uh, came in with scratchings, but still a really gutsy win. She'll need to uh, bring her best again this week. But the Hayes camp are flying, and I'm, I might I'm doing a bit of a rain manny, having about three bets. But Lady of Honor at twenty to one or twenty. Uh, I think she's she's worth a little bit as well. And finally, a mare in form always worth sticking with, and uh, and that is Foxy Frieda. Terrific preparation. Uh, Foxy Frieda from the Andrew Noblet Yard, good in South Australia, good as well in a run up in Brisbane. And um, despite the wide alley, uh, I think at those odds, she might be worth a bet as well. So three three at sort of double figures for me and, and hoping that uh, there's a good reason why it's wide open because the winner might come from anywhere. So in our tipping competition, Rain Man, um, he gets three selections, does he? No, that, that, was just, that was just best bets. So, yeah, um, just the best bets, Mitho. All right. Best bets. Um, I thought we're trying to tip everyone into a winner here, though. Like, not not sort of take your pick of three. Well, well, don't, well don't tip Salatine, then. I won't be. I don't think she'll get a run. Unfortunately, she's second emergency. But uh, um, I like Moons' mare. And I, I'm, I like you two, are going to be very keen to hear what the big man says because she was trapped out on a limb, stormed into it, loomed like she was, it was sort of almost like she couldn't keep going, could she? And sure enough, she couldn't. But um, to finish that close with that sort of a torrid run, um, 
yeah, she was she was enormous in the strategy. So uh, chain of lightning for me. But if I'm allowed another selection, Comrade Rosa, while we're uh, at Mayors in form, uh, winning her last two, uh, Ryan Maloney drawn beautifully in in gate five. Um, yeah, and and Tony Golan, uh, obviously the state's leading trainer. Um, why can't he win the last Group One of the season? So um, that, those two will do me. Moods, Moods, and Golan to uh, Quinella the race after their their ongoing feud through the winter over Mullane. <laughs> uh, don't try and bring up uh, arguments to deflect your poor tipping record, uh, Mitho. <laughs> it, it, it's not overshadowing it. So, uh, listen, I'll, I've got no knock on Chain of Lightning. My biggest concern now is that you three have probably found her and giving her a good hope, to be quite honest, and she's got to carry you as well. I think she'll run extremely well. She's going to come in, probably, probably jump from gate, could jump from as good a gate as six if the emergencies come out, or, or seven. Um, that wide draw... Found her out in the Stradbroke. She was four and five deep the trip, presented to win and obviously just couldn't go on with it. Um, I respect uh, the Ma Eustace filly, Ruthless Dame. I thought she'd been terrific the last couple as well, but she is going to need a lot of luck from that barrier draw. Uh, and I, I, like Rain Man, think that Stradbroke form line is probably going to be a bit stronger. But I can't dismiss um, the, the hoist... Uh, the, Tony Gollan filly in uh, Comrade Rosa. I thought she just puts herself in the right spot from that draw. Uh, and uh, the horse that she beat in that race, Opal Ridge, you know, they're going to get the gun run in this race. So they're going to present at the winners at some stage. But I'm certainly hoping and thinking that Chain of Lightning and Ruthless Dame, who will need a lot of luck from the outside draw, will be, you know, using that stronger form line to get over the top of them. So, yeah. No knock from me. Chain of Lightning, I think, for certainly $9 each way all day, and she'll be very hard to beat. Well, it's a pretty good push, listeners. Uh, can we get a double-figure Moody winner home in the last episode of this season? Let's move now to the Healy Stakes, Rayman. And, um, well, we're looking at um, some, a few with potential here. Yeah, it's a pretty interesting race, this one, Rog. Prince of Boom is the favourite, the local for Robert Heathcote. It's $3.50. Big Parade, probably the, the most interesting horse in the race. Maybe one of the most interesting horses racing uh, anywhere in Australia this weekend. Hasn't been seen at the races for over a year, but he looked like a horse that had a Group 1 ability. He's $5, Big Parade. King Kappa, last start winner, $7.50. Quantico beat in his favourite last start is $8. The Big Goodbye, very consistent performer, is $8.50. I found this a, a pretty tricky race. Uh, I think if you knew Big, the, uh, the Big Parade would produce his best form, I think he'd be clearly the horse to beat here. But it has been such a long time off the scene. I think he might need the run to improve. But plenty of respect for him. Uh, one horse I think can run well at double figures is Rangers. A horse that certainly doesn't win out of turn. But... He was good in the Hinkler Handicap last start behind King Kappa. Didn't have much luck with the run before that at, uh, in the 8cc Cup. So he, he's certainly uh, not the most consistent horse in the world, but he can produce a big rating on his day. So something small for me ranges uh, each way in the Healy Stakes and what I think is a, a really interesting race to watch. I'm going to go with the favourite. I thought Prince of Boom was, you know, obviously dominant last start. The 60 kilos is the obvious challenge, but, um, you know, I think he's got the class to overcome it in, you know, let's say a potentially moderate field. He's going to have to do some work early uh, if he wants to lead from that wide draw. But I'm sticking fat with Prince of Boom. I think 350 is about the right price and um, and I'll be having a bid on it at that price. 
Uh, look, we've got a couple run around the colours um, in the Healy, uh, depending on uh, scratchings out of the uh, out of the Tats Tiara. But Salatine and Brereton, Brereton drawn well. We can ask Moods about him. Um, both long odds. Um, probably can't be tipping them, particularly Salatine from the nasty draw of 15. Uh, if I'm going to have a ticket uh, on something to uh, beat the red colours, it'll be Quantico uh, drawn well. Um, Eight bucks is each way all day, um, and third up should be peaking for this. So Quantico each way uh, to beat the couple in the Rosemont Red Moods. Can you give us a push for Burton out of Barrier One? I would suggest, Mitho, you need to probably broaden your tipping horizons because if there's not a Rosemont horse or one by Seamus Award, you seem to put the ankle bracelets on poor John O'Shea. <laughs> or Tony <laughs> Golan, to be fair. Or Tony Gollan, yeah, and, and I'm sure they'll probably pay you not to tip their horses the way you're going. But uh, listen, Brereton, Brereton's in great order. He's probably going as good as he can. Is that good enough? No, he needs to lift. But he's got the barrier, no weight on his back. He's going to get a gun run, you would think, in the first five or six and uh, get his chance to step up here or otherwise he's probably got to come back to three-year-old company and have a kill, I would suggest. I think Prince of Boone's the one to beat. I think he'll get across them pretty comfortably and lead. At a good gallop, big parade will make him work a little bit. Um, Joe Pride's having a terrific run with his sprinters. So I would su suggest if you see good support for big parade, uh, keep a close eye on it. But Prince of Boone for me on top and uh, a learning curve for... Uh, Burton for his uh, trainer and owner owners uh, this Saturday. Hey lads, a guy in the community says he's keen on the Ruffy in race seven. Do we trust him? Well, his username is Big Stats Guy. Say no more. Connect with a community of like-minded punters only in Labros communities. T's and C's apply and available on website. You win some, you lose more. Before we get to the best bets, just a little word on what we're going to be doing over our break. We're going to do some listener questions. We're going to actually record that very shortly and. Each week we'll release a few questions and a little bit of a, a rundown from Moods when he's not at um, not on holidays. He doesn't know this yet. I'm actually telling him on the spot. But it, just a quick rundown on these runners for that week. And if we can't get Moods, we'll give Catherine a ring. And, and so you'll still get updated on the Moody runners for a Saturday uh, and get the, the inside word from the Moody stable. So Moody minis will be in your feed uh, sort of every Wednesday or Thursday each week. Um and we'll be back sort of on the eve of the first group one of the season after our Darwin live show, of course. Where we you had dropped nice off the red colours. You don't want the you don't want the update on the Rosemont runners uh, each and every week oh. while we're in hiatus there, Rog? No, no. I actually was going to say I might throw out the text message to Rayman and Mithon if they've got something they particularly like that weekend. I'll um I'll whack it in, but um that's going to be up to you, Mithon. <laughs> no, <laughs> anyway, you Moody Minis in your podcast feed uh, each week doing for it. the next one of six weeks. Rayman, kick off the best bets for the last one here. I don't really think we need uh, Mytho's update. If punters just, you just assume if Way to Go Paula is engaged somewhere, that'll be Mytho's best bet. So happy days. You don't need uh, the uh, the update from Mytho. Punters will be happy to hear that she's been retired. She's going to stay. Uh, she's finished. Well, 
Well, uh, punters are happy to hear it, but I'm going to have to break the news to the Ladbrokes trading team who are going to be absolutely <laughs> devastated to lose Quimintari <laughs> and way to go Paula in a, a, a short period of time. But no, do, don't not put them, those two horses in the same uh, same sentence there. Right <laughs> no, that's fair. Sorry, spe- Sorry, Special K. We look ahead, though, to Eagle Farm this week for my best bet. Uh, I was really keen. Uh, Luncey's early, but it's been backed into uh, $1.85 now in the Tattersall's Cup, and I don't want Moods to have a crack at me for tipping odds on shots. So I'm going to the Tats Gold Crown instead. Number one, Philosophile for Chris Waller. A horse that's been racing really well just without winning. Looks to have found her race this weekend. She's been three seventy to $3 with Labrokes early. I think she's a really well placed here. That's race six, number one, Philosophile at Eagle Farm. I'm going to head to Caulfield and the return of racing at the Heath. Um, I think this is value given uh, last start odds on flop. Well, not flop, round second. Katsu. Um, race two at Caulfield, back to three-year-old company. He'll need to carry 60 kilos, but another who I think is above average and should be winning an off-season race like this. You're getting north of uh, of $2.50 at present. So that is Katsu Caulfield, race two, number one. Well, I'm taking you right on, Rog, because the bubble burst with Katsu and uh, uh, ran third, in fact, last start, not second. Um, talking your tip up. Um, uh, the Rosemont pink colours go around here with Epic Centre. So no Rosemont red, Rosemont pink uh, for the, the girls' syndicate. And uh, he's ra- racing in particularly good style at the moment, Epic Centre. He's, um, he, he's a horse that, uh, that Clayton Douglas has felt has had a lot of ability um, but just hasn't been able to put it all together. But uh, this preparation, he's, uh, things have clicked for him and um, free. But we, we let fast horses run fast here, Moods. Um, your words are in... in uh, Doogie's ears and and mine and um, from the good draw and with no weight on his back, I can see Epic Centre being very hard to run down that last 50. So um, fingers crossed for Epic Centre and you're getting eight bucks. I'll give you eight bucks rather than your piddly 250 Katsu, the bubble burst horse. Won't mean shit if it doesn't win. (laughs) There you go. I can't argue with that. Um, Quite a busy Saturday for the return to the Heath, one of our favourite tracks at Caulfield for the little boutique stables this week. In the first, we've got three two-year-olds engaged. They've probably all got some claims, too. Uh, the two Scorsese, the three Amigo, and the 11 Ginger and Pink. Uh, wasn't ideal to have them all in the one race, but uh, just the way the weather maps have uh, worked out here in Victoria, they've all going to line up here. Probably quality-wise, a slight leaning to Amigo, uh, but uh, Scorsese's got good form in better races than this, and uh, Ginger and Pink was very unlucky to only run as well. So all three can run well there in the first. We skip across to race three, number 10, Mambo Dancer, looking for her to improve around the bend. Uh, She was a start failure last start down the Flemington Strait, so hoping for improvement there. And then we roll down to race five, number five, Rylov. He'll probably have the day off uh, there. Uh, down to the Phillies and Mares race, race seven. Uh, one of my favourites, Invincible Caviar. She uh, comes back off a stakes run in the Katsu race, actually, at Sandown of a few weeks back. She'll only take a place if the ground is uh, in the good range. And if it does get to that, I would expect her to run very well. And then across to the last race, race nine, Thankfully, we haven't found the 10th race in Victoria yet. That's coming in the new season. Outback Action, he's another one that can improve. He didn't fire an Adelaide last start on wet ground, number 15. And I think coming in a couple of kilos under the limit weight with Carlene Heffel's claim, if the track presents good, he'll take his place and run very well. So my two best, 
from the camp this week. If they take their place on dry ground, I think race seven, number five, Invincible Caviar, and race nine, number 15, Outback Action. I think they'll both be very hard to beat. And if you're brave enough to step out in the first and have a, I don't know, I'm not a multiple player, put my three in the trifecta, maybe with a couple oh. of others in the first race at 11.50. I reckon you'll end up with wages for the weekend. If you get the trifecta in the first of Caulfield, um, are we expecting you to... Will you be on a plane or will you be running around the um, enclosure with your shirt over your head like uh, you're celebrating a soccer goal? I'll be running around the enclosure with my undies over my head and probably have uh, <laughs> Catherine Coleman and Jeff O'Connor wondering how the hell can we be involved with this bloke. But more importantly, punters... You know what we do. Mitho's got a fast one. I reckon I've got a couple of fast mm. ones there on Saturday. Be good, be healthy. Hope you have a collect on the punt and let fast horses run fast.